You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Small Biz Ahead, the small business podcast presented by The Hartford. This is John Adekonis. I'm joined by my co-host, Gene Marks. And we also have a very special guest back, uh, Carissa Raniger, the founder and CEO of Small Business Silver Lining, uh, here to talk talk a little bit more to us today about action planning and, and kind of how to keep track on your goals. So how's everybody doing this morning? Glad to be back. Yeah, I'm fine because I'm in the U.S. and Carissa's in Australia, stuck forever. <laughs> I, I know it does appear to be that way. The days turn into weeks and the weeks seem to be turning into months. So we'll see if we can prevent the, the you know, the months turning into years. <laughs> I, you know, Carissa, I, uh, you know, you, you'd be the first person to say, like, how exactly how many shrimp on the Barbie can one have before enough is enough? <laughs> Apparently an unlimited amount, as, as, as long as also beside the shrimp on the Barbie, there's a lamb on the spit and there's a, there's a couple other Aussie things that I've learned in my time here. So <laughs> we'll come back soon. I plan to. We will be back. It's a, it's a matter of when, not if. International travel for sure right now is daunting, I'm sure, for everybody. It definitely got, we, I, I keep joking that I was actually supposed to fly back last year at this exact time. So um, I just skipped a year. That's the way I'm thinking about it. It's, you know, we had the time warp of the last 12 months and everything will get back on track. It's a good way. It's a, it's a new way to think about leap year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Thank you for making the time to join us and especially probably at an, an awkward time for you. But, you know, really interested in kind of continuing the conversations we've been having. So, you know, we, we talked a little bit last week about mindset and the things folks can do to kind of plan and develop a strategic plan. But really wanted to kind of dive into the how with you today. For our listeners, Carissa is kind of the, the creator of what's called the SLAP program, which I'll let her give a, a little bit of color on. But really a way to kind of help you focus on your goals come back to a business action statement and kind of set those regular milestones and KPIs so you can kind of keep your business growing or running the way that you want to do. And I just thought it'd be great to kind of get some insight on how that program came to be and how business owners might be able to kind of take advantage of the lessons there, loop it into their everyday routine. So Carissa, I'll turn it over to you, but really curious to learn more about SLAP and kind of your thoughts on, on planning and financial planning in general. Yeah, I mean, we've learned so much. So I can give you guys just a really quick history of it and then, you know, talk more specifically about what it's meant in the last year since COVID hit and obviously the impact that it's had on small business and sort of the disruption that it's obviously caused. Um, so I actually started Silver Lining 16 years ago, very, very, very long time ago. And my my background's in psychology. And when I first started Silver Lining, my, my goal was to figure out how to help small businesses make more money. Because I thought to myself, you know, there's all these incredible human beings out there who work so hard, who are so passionate, who are so talented, uh, you know, but the average small business owner often struggles with sustainability and profitability and cash flow and you know, making what they deserve, quite honestly. So my original approach to SLAP was to really just focus on business development. How do we help small businesses get really clear about their basic financial model, what their sales goals need to be, and then how to go find new customers? And that's still the core of the methodology, right? Basically looking at how do we, how do we go find more customers, increase our revenue, but in a sustainable way so that we can hit our financial goals. But the more important thing that I learned as I implemented it and as I worked with businesses is that actually my psychology background was more relevant than I thought because 
so much of the obstacles that we face as business owners and so many of the things that get in the way actually have to do with our mindset and with our ability to be focused and disciplined. And so what I realized is just having a good plan is basically useless. You know, you could spend a million dollars, hire the smartest people in the world, build the best plan to grow your business on the planet. Uh, but if you keep doing the same thing every single day, all day long, you know, and you don't actually implement that plan, well, then that plan is useless. And so what I really started to realize, and the reason it's called a SLAP, which stands for the Silver Lining Action Plan, is that so often we get stuck in thinking if we just have the right plan, if we just don't have the right plan, then everything will be okay. What I actually have learned is that you need to have a plan, but that plan needs to be something that drives you into action. And actually, if you're taking the right action all the time over and over and over again, that's when you succeed. So SLAP is basically, it takes three hours to build the plan, but then for the next 12 months, we wrap strategy and accountability and structure and training and support and community uh, and all of these things that behavior change science says that we need as humans around us in order to succeed. And I'm going to pause because I'm guessing you have thoughts or comments. But one last thing that I'll say before I do is that when COVID hit, what most businesses said to us, their instinct was, it's so confusing. It's so chaotic. No one knows what's going to happen. I can't make a plan right now. I have no idea what's going on. Like everything's out the window. It's so chaotic. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so busy. You know, all the things that we feel every day that felt really heightened in, in the COVID days. Um, and our response back to them, which, which I believe 100% is true, is, okay, when there's more crisis, when it's more unclear, when there's more chaos, when there's more demands on your time and your money, when it's harder to succeed, that's actually when we need to be even more intentional. And that's when we need to be even more clear and focused and you know diligent about how we spend the time and money that we have. And so um, I think a lot of small businesses have sort of decided or thought to themselves that in the midst of COVID, it's impossible to make a plan. Uh, and I would say the opposite. I would say it's imperative to make a plan. But that plan shouldn't be like a 20-page old stodgy business plan that's boring and annoying. That plan should be something that focuses you so that the time and money you spend gives you the best chance of success. I think that's really interesting because I think it's just kind of getting some, sometimes putting something down on paper and just kind of saying, this is what I'm going to do. And working the plan is just kind of a good first step, right? And it keeps you it gives you something to kind of go back to. So when you're thinking about what business owners can do to kind of start that process, like what is the first step in defining an action plan? Like what are the questions that you should be asking yourself or answering? Yeah, it's a great, love that question. So the very first, and this sounds like uh, gibberish and silly, and but it's true. Uh, the first one is, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Um, you know, we, I, I say this all the time, and I apologize for repeating it, but I think we really have this false sense of what, you know, success looks like. We've got this narrative, you know, to be a successful entrepreneur, I need to raise millions and sell for billions and build an app and I don't know, whatever else we think we need to do. But that's not true. I mean, there's a lot of ways to measure success and there's a lot of reasons to build a business. Is what you're trying to accomplish to create more spare time for your family? Is your primary objective to make more money so that you can buy a house? Is your primary objective to um, make enough income so that you can hire staff so that you can you know, delegate work and get out of the grind. All of us have different motivations and have different core reasons for what we want to do. And the action plan that, you know, I would help each of those different individuals that those examples I just described build would be completely different. 
um, because we've got different end goals we're trying to get to. I had one uh, really interesting small business we worked with years ago, and it was during the global financial crisis. And it was she was in base in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas was demoralized. I mean, their economy was just ravaged. And her goal for the year, her growth goal, was to downsize, to cut as many of her expenses as possible, and to get more creative about how she delivered what she did so that she could survive the financial reality of the downturn. So the, the number, 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 number one thing at sort of the most high level, and we can talk about tactics from here, but the number one most important thing is, like, what does growth mean to you? What does success mean to you? What do you want this business of yours to accomplish for you and your family and your team and your community and the economy? And then once we have that clear and once we've told the truth about that, you know, then it's just tactical. Then we got to look at the numbers and the business development strategies and who the customers are. You know, we've got to look at the tactics from there. But a lot of people build the wrong plan because they're not being honest about what they really want. And so they build a good plan, but it's not the right plan for them. And that is, and that's where I see so much, so much sort of wasted energy um, is people just not being honest about what they really want and then building the plan that gets them that. And do you find like to get people to that honest state, like do they tend to get there on their own? You know, is that something hmm. where kind of partnering with with someone like you kind of guiding the conversation and really kind of probing on like what's underneath is helpful? Like, like, how do people start to to be honest with themselves? Because I feel like you're the easiest person to fool in your life. Right. Because like you, totally. you know how to talk yourself into believing things like we all do. So I'm kind of curious, like what are kind of the the ways, you know, folks can really kind of do that gut check and say, Am I being honest or am I telling myself what I think I'm supposed to know? A hundred percent. We need outside input, you know, input and prodding. Um, I think that, you know, when I look at a lot of business owners and I, and we have honest conversations after they've used slap or something like us, you know, the three risk factors that I think we fall into, and you know, this is as true for every human being as it is for business owners, but in the context of this conversation, right. The first one is complacency. Things are kind of good enough. And so why would I, you know, want, why would I push for more? Why would I work harder or, you know, think differently if things are sort of okay right now, right? So there's a complacency is a big risk factor. Um, you know, insecurity and fear and anxiety is a big, is a big risk factor to admitting what we want, right? When we say what we want, then there's some level of sort of accountability, even if it's just to ourselves to actually try to accomplish it. And oftentimes, getting what we want takes some work, right? It takes some effort. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, but certainly when you put it out there, there's risk. There's risk of failing. There's risk of humiliation. There's risk of, you know, proving to yourself that you're not good enough. And that is a that is a massive, uh, you know, stopper. And then the third thing, the third risk to sort of being honest with ourselves, what we really want is I think just honestly not knowing, not having taken enough time. You know, we lots of us sort of end up where we are because that's how it happened as opposed to exactly where we designed it to be. And so um, there's a lot of sort of people who I think don't actually know how to think about what they want. You know, their life has been a certain way and it doesn't occur or seem natural or even there's no knowledge or skill set to ask the question of, well, this is what it is, but have you thought about what it could be? So in all of those instances, we are, we're, you know, we've got blind spots. I, you know, I talk very, I've been in like 10 years of therapy. I've got business coaches. I, I, I use slap myself. Um, I have friends that challenge me. Um, you know, I have tons of outside input, 
And I still have so many blind spots. There's still so many things that I haven't thought of or I avoid. And so the long, that's a very long answer to your question, but absolutely, we are not, no human is meant to do life alone. None of us are meant to make decisions or to be creative or strategic in isolation. We, we are built for connection and, you know, input from other people for sure, for sure, for sure. Well, it's interesting too, right? Because I think you get to a good point. And as positive as you can kind of build your circle around, I think it's also important for for folks, especially who are entrepreneurs, to think about like it's okay to not share your dream with people who are just gonna try and rag on you too. And you need to be able to kind of, I think, isolate your intuition from that fear and anxiety that you were kind of talking about. And sometimes you gotta trust your gut, but you gotta know when it's your gut and when it's your you know, yourself trying to talk you out of doing something that you should do or kind of justify an answer that you don't want to hear. Totally. And that's a good point because I think one of the biggest, actually, the entrepreneurs that I think are the most successful, one of the things they have in common is they can identify and differentiate fear versus risk, right? Because because those things can feel and look the same, right? Like, oh, this is a big risk. Very true. Uh huh. <laughs> and like taking that risk could be great versus, oh my God, I'm really scared. And so um, understanding when we're just being really smart and not being idiots and, you know, not taking on risk that's just unreasonable and versus understanding when we're scared and stepping away from opportunity, that takes some real work. But smart entrepreneurs, really savvy entrepreneurs can, can find the, can see those two for what they are and then make their decisions. Awesome. So, you know, we've, we've set our goals and we've kind of, you know, gotten, you know, some, some mental clarity around what we want to do. So when we think about kind of that tactical angle, you know, so now we've set a growth goal or maybe a scale down goal or just a business goal in general, you know, maybe that requires us to find new customers or, or raise new capital, or, you know, maybe it requires us to think of a different operating model. Like what are, how do you then kind of take that like purpose statement of like, this is what I want to do into like, these are the tactics I need to do. And, and how do I actually address those? Like, how does that kind of translate into action planning? Yeah. So we think of it as four, there's four steps, basically. So the first is we call it our slap statement, but it could be anything that you want to call it. And it's knowing the answer to three things. What do you do? Who do you do it for? What's the scale you want to do it on? Um, I think a lot of small business owners get stuck in a lot of mumbo jumbo and hype, you know, vision statements and mission statements and, you know, this and that. And at the end of the day, I think all that matters is that you and your customers know what do you do in the plainest terms? Who do you do it for? And what scale do you do it on? Are you available in this local community, in a city, in a state, in a country, you know, globally? You know, who can access what you do? So first of all, it's really about grounding and being really focused. We have this sort of knee-jerk reaction that the more we do, the more what's and the more who's and the bigger the scale, then the more opportunity we have and therefore the more successful we can be. But actually, the opposite is true. Uh, The businesses that are the most focused and clear and specific are usually the ones that grow the fastest. So first of all, it's about getting clear and focused, slap statement. You know, what do you do? So for example, Silver Linings slap statement is that Silver Lining sells slaps to James on a global scale. And so every decision I make as a CEO needs to mean that it can help me sell slaps, that James will be in the room or you know, James will see it. And that's the, you know, my ideal client and that it's global in scale. So when those opportunities come, I say yes. When those opportunities do not, I say no, you know, it's, it's just, it's really, really easy to decide when we invest company time and money and when we don't. So that's the first step. The second step 
is really clarifying who that ideal client is. So I, I referenced James, that's the avatar of our ideal client, but being ridiculously specific about who your ideal client is. You know, notice I'm not saying target market or range. I'm saying, who's your ideal client? You know, how old is that person? Where do they live? Do they buy or, you know, do they buy or rent their house? Do they, you know, drive or take public transit? What are their hobbies? What are they reading? Like, who is this person so that we can be really specific about how we go and connect with them? in order to hit our growth goals. So number one, slap statement. Number two, ideal client. Number three is your financial goals. And that not, it doesn't have to be intimidating. It doesn't have to be some fancy financial model that, you know, the average small business owner can't read or understand. But it is about having a very concise understanding of expenses, revenue streams. So the way that we make money, sales price, what we sell it for, hard costs. So basically, what do we have to spend once we make that sale? And then therefore, what's the profit margin? And then basically looking at the goals we have for growth, how much money we need to make, and then how many sales that that calculates out to. So that, that process needs to culminate in a exact sales goal. And good goals aren't vague. You know, a good goal sounds something like, you know, I will sell 23 of this at this price by this date. It's very specific. And then the last step is the action plan. And the action plan is basically your business development sales marketing plan. So we know who we are. We know who our customer is. We know how many sales we have to make. How are we going to do that, right? What connect, we call them connecting strategies. I think marketing and sales can feel a little schmarmy sometimes. So how can we go out into the world to connect with the customers that we want to do business with? Um, and so that's looking at things like referral programs, online marketing, uh, media, hit list, um, loyalty programs, all of the different ways that we can basically do campaigns, do marketing, do sales, do business development to find new customers. So those are the, those are the four steps of building a really concise action-oriented plan. And do you ever find that one will influence the other? So like I think about your kind of financial goals and, you know, Jean knows I love a restaurant example, but say you're kind of a new place in town, you want to be the cool hip bistro for kind of, I don't know, you'll, you'll define your market and you probably end up with like a happy hour and dinner description. But then when you start looking at your business plan goals or your financial side, maybe what you realize is that your area of opportunity is really kind of building up a lunch crowd. So your, uh-huh. your target market to meet this, this goal might actually be like increasing volume in a meal period where you have a lower cost of good and more opportunity to kind of get more seatings in, right? So like how often should people kind of be going back to their action plan or really gut checking, like do their financial goals meet their kind of ideal client and does that kind of meet their purpose? Because I think as much as you do it sequentially to get it done, like there must be a level of optimization or kind of like, you know, reality checks that you kind of have to go through with yourself too. Totally. You hit and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if the four things, well, really the five things, right? If if what if the reason you're actually building this business, the first thing we spoke about, and then your slap statement, your ideal client, your financial goals, and your action plan, if those are not fully aligned, that's when things stop working, right? So if you talk to an average business owner, what do we always think for? Oh, well, everything I'm trying isn't working and it's impossible to grow my business. And you know, that marketing strategy didn't work usually when we look a little deeper, they're out of alignment. A lack of alignment is the number one reason that small businesses sort of can't find customers and make progress. So your, your, your example is a great one, right? If your ideal client has X profile and the scale that you operate on is a local neighborhood, 
and you're trying to be something really fun and cool, well, if though if you don't then build a marketing campaign that connects to those realities, right? By asking things like, well, what does my ideal client need? Do they eat lunch or do they go for after work drinks? You know, how much money does my ideal client make? Are they junior level or mid-level or senior level? How much money would they then spend on lunch or drinks? Okay, well, that has to become part of my price point figuring. Well, if that's my price point, what do my costs have to look like to make sure my profit margin stays high enough? It's all interconnected. It all has to be aligned. And and so often some small tweaks, people think that their businesses are in trouble and think that they need to throw everything out and start again. So often it's about bringing small things into alignment so that all of those five things I've referenced are telling the same story, doing the same thing, reaching the same people in a way that meets their needs and speaks their language. Um, and you can make really quick progress really quickly by being really focused and aligned in that way. Awesome. So I think we're almost at time. So if you were going to kind of like pinpoint your your advice for folks as they were kind of thinking about, you know, taking a look at their business and, and getting into that action planning mode, you know, it sounds like first is kind of like figure out who you do your business for and like what you're trying to accomplish, right? Um, really kind of get granular on who that person is that you're serving, figure out those financial goals you need to reach and then make sure that everything kind of syncs up. And if not, then you got to kind of figure out the puzzle piece that isn't fitting and, and go back. But I think those are some good thoughts for folks to kind of have as they're thinking about next year and, and what kind of the future of their business looks like. So, you know, very much appreciate your your insight and time there. You know, anything else you'd kind of like to add for for our folks? Only that, and this is um, totally for free on our website, we have a two-hour workshop along with a guided workbook to basically go through all the steps I just spoke about and to build a one-year action plan. It takes two hours and you can have an entire one-year plan and it's 100% for free. So if that's helpful to anyone to actually say, oh, like I'd actually like to answer these questions and figure this out, happy to make that available for anyone who, who that could be helpful to. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. And I think, you know, also if you're a, a blog reader of SBA, there's going to be an article that goes a little bit deeper in this, you know, so um, feel free to check that out. And I think also a complimentary workbook as we kind of talk about the on-demand uh, workshop. So Carissa, where, where can they find you? What's your website? Smallbizsilverlining.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you everyone for listening. We couldn't do this without you. And we will catch you on the next episode of SBA. Small Biz Ahead, the, the small business podcast presented by The Hartford. And make sure you check us out at sba.thehartford.com to find the resources that Carissa just kind of mentioned. And I hope everyone has a great rest of your day. 